Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. What's up, everybody? I'm Gammy. And I'm her husband, Rodney. And this is Positively Gam. What's happening, babe? Oh, man, this puppy is more than a notion. Uh, she is. But guess who found her? And guess who encouraged me to get her? You. I did. <laughs> I did. I'll take the hit on that. Yeah, but she is a sweetie pie. But this getting up at four in the morning and trying to house train is... is is a bit much. It is much, but she is doing really, really well. From day one, she's been doing really, really well. I mean, we got her when she was two months, so I don't know what kind of training she had before, but she's had very limited accidents in the home. That's true. But I'm constantly taking her out. Like, I take her outside every two hours, and I have my eyes on her every second because I'm not trying to have our home messed up. Okay, yeah. but we, I love and her. We did get her from the SPCA. We did. She's a rescue. She's a rescue. I'm really happy that we were able to give her a home. Yeah, I'm very those, excited. All those other, what was the dog you wanted to get there? I wanted to get a King Charles Spaniel. Yeah, all those fancy named <laughs> dogs, they'll get good homes. But Rodney, you and I recently finished a great book by Dondre Whitfield yes. called Male Versus Man, How to Honor Women Teach Children and Elevate Men to Change the World. And Fantastic this book. was such an important read. It is. I encourage everyone to, you know, you don't have to be a man to read this book. Absolutely this is- not. I could so totally relate to it. And I'm just really excited to talk to Dondre about it. Oh, 
We are so excited to have Dondre Whitfield join us on Positively Gam. He's an actor, a three-time Emmy and NAACP Image Award nominee, and has published his first book called Male vs. Man. Welcome, Dondre. Welcome. Thank you. But you know what? Come on. Well, before you even get started, I cannot move forward without (laughs) mentioning your beautiful wife, Sally. Yeah. Richardson Whitfield. I don't know if people know that you are married to this beautiful woman. And, you know, we have a very deep connection because Sally was Jada's nemesis in Low Down Dirty Shame. That's right. She also played (laughs) Willow's mom and Will's wife, respectively, in I Am Legend. Right. Yeah. She's done so much. She's now she's part of the Gilded Age. I'm so proud and happy for her. So I have to say that I couldn't go on without talking about your wife. I, at some point, you know, I was going to have to talk about her because, yeah. you know, that's my girl. We've been, you know, that's my girlfriend of 24 years yeah. and my wife yeah. of 19 years. Yeah, we, you know, it's been such a journey for her being yep. able to reinvent yourself at some very critical times, you know, and we both have, you know, been able to successfully, That's, you know, I, I always say, you know, you direct characters behind the camera and I direct character off camera. And so we literally have carved out different spaces for ourselves, but they still do, you know, manage to intertwine in some really great ways. And I'm just so proud of her. Typically, you know, I don't, you know, watching, you know, our white brothers and sisters in the, of the 1800s is not typically something that I you know, clamor to to watch. I know. <laughs> but when when they and this is credit to them also being able to have diverse uh, voices yes. behind the camera, which is exactly what we need exactly. in order to be able to tell stories accurately. Yeah. Right. So shout out to HBO and to Gilded Age for putting her in place like that. And really not just for the sake of using her as a pawn, but really using her voice and her vision. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So, and I'm enjoying it. So, okay. So congrats <laughs> on your first book. What compelled you, you to write it? Whew. I mean, it's so good, Dondre. It's Absolutely. so good. Yeah. yeah, we were both blown away. I mean, it was... It's that just and stops so me. I, you have to forgive me because, you know, that stops me in my tracks. And the reason why, and I talk about this in the book, When I was in the fourth grade, I had a teacher tell me that I was not a good writer. Yeah, you talk about that. And as you know, the things that that children hear, Mm -hmm. particularly from adults that are supposed to help them build their life, could either wind up speaking life or death into that child's existence. And so from the fourth grade on until about a very few short years ago, I carried around this story about myself that I was not a good writer, despite the fact that I had great evidence that pointed to the contrary. My wife used to always tell me, baby, you got to start writing. You're like, you know, she would make a speech and, you know, she would say, babe, I need something here. And I get, can you, and then write that up. She goes, this is crazy. You, You did that in five minutes. That's crazy. Or somebody would, you know, would ask, hey, you know, I need to have, you know, this written up, but I'm not quite sure how language has always been a gift of mine. 
Okay. But because of that teacher, I never fully grasped a hold of the fact that I had a voice with my pen. What made you write this book? My father was in and out of jail my entire life, particularly the formative years of my adolescence, right? I grew up in Brooklyn. I grew up fighting every day. You know, when you grow up light skin with curly hair, that was a, a while ago, but <laughs> when you grow up in that environment, that's invitation to a fight every single day because every day they're like, oh, you think you cute. And I'm like, no, I just came outside to play some basketball. If you got a beef with somebody, you got a beef with my parents, not me. So every single day, not having your father, and I talk about this in the book, and it's been very controversial in our community as black folks, I said boldly, and I stand by it, a woman cannot teach you how to be a man. And that's not a controversial statement, that is a fact. I have a 17-year-old daughter. I cannot teach her how to be a woman. You know why? Because I'm not one. Right. That's my wife's job. I can teach my daughter how to be in relationship with a man because I'm a man. My wife has to teach my daughter how to be a woman. I can teach my daughter how to have language with and for a man. So my father being in and out of jail my entire life, I never had anyone to give me languaging of manhood. So matriculating into manhood was extremely difficult for me because I didn't have that drill sergeant. I didn't have that drill instructor to get the proper information and instruction to be able to safely and accurately matriculate into manhood. So every single day of my life where everybody thought I was a man, but I still had the skill set of a male made life very difficult for me. And when Sally and I got married and then I became a father, that's when I began to see Hey man, you're missing a lot. And every single day that I gathered up that information in order to graduate myself into manhood, I began to realize, wow, you know what? I would have become a greater man much quicker had I had this information and instruction. And in fact, my father would have become a great man quicker if he had that same information and instruction, and I never wanted anyone else to suffer like that. And that's why I decided to write this book. I like your analogy of a man as a walking tree that provides cover to his village. Yes, sir. And the title includes the phrase male versus man. How do you define male versus man? So simply put, you know, when we are born, we are either born male or female. I know that's even a controversial statement to make during the time that we live in right now. But unfortunately, those are the facts as we know them, okay? Yes. On your birth certificate, at least now, I think they're even doing, they're trying to do something different now. But on our birth certificates, it either said male or female. Correct. It didn't say man or woman. So in other words, at birth, we were assigned either male or female. Or earthly assignment was to turn ourselves into either a man or a woman, not based on you using your body part Mm. as a demonstration of your manhood, 
or your womanhood. But in fact, your dedication to being of service is what actually differentiates you from being a male or a man. So simply put, males look to be served, um, men look to be of service. Say it so again. I always tell the sister, that I'm around, you don't have to try to guess whether the dude that you're dating is a male or a man. He will tell you based on his actions. Say that again, Dondre. Males look to be served while men look to be of service. Wow. So watch this. A guy who sits around waiting for everyone to serve him, I'll give you an example. My son at a much earlier age, he just turned 13, by the way. I got two teenagers now. I don't even know how that happened. Anyway, <laughs> my son now, because every single day he gets the messaging of manhood from me, has come a long way. I would put my son's manhood up against guys who are in their 30s and 40s right now because he receives this messaging every single day. But when he was very young, four, five, six, seven years old, all day long, all he would do was yell out for my wife, mom, can I have some grapes? Mom, can I have some chips? Mom, can I have something to eat? Looking to be served. Now at that age, that is appropriate because he doesn't quite know his assignment in life yet. Right. Mm. But unfortunately, when you don't get someone to explain to you what your assignment is, you think that it's supposed to be everyone in your environment, everyone in your cipher serving you. When really your assignment on this earth as a man is to be of service to everyone around you. So in other words, as a man, every woman, falls under my covering. So brother Rodney, when your wife, when you are not around and she is directly in my cipher, she now falls under my covering. Every child in my cipher falls under my covering, whether they're my biological child or not, whether they are my wife or not. As a man, if they are in my cipher, it is my job to protect and to serve them. So males look to be served while men look to be of service. There's a gigantic difference between simply being a male and being a man. Huge. You also spoke about creating a calm environment or being the source of calm and chaos. How do you suggest that men accomplish that? You spoke of women typically coming from or acting from a place of emotion versus and the need for a man to respond from a place of calm. Talk to us about that. Yeah, because let me tell you something. Look, here's why a male is dangerous when he doesn't understand his assignment. Our chief generator is called testosterone. When a male doesn't understand his assignment, and he is allowing his testosterone to guide him through life, he's gonna create a lot of babies and a lot of chaos. Mm. And those babies are gonna fall under that umbrella of chaos and be more chaotic. If a woman, look, my wife, <laughs> 
and I say this very tongue in cheek, but there's so much truth in it. My wife is allowed to be as emotional and as crazy as she wants to be, not me. I am the last line of defense in this house. So if my wife is emotional one day, and sometimes there are some very biological things that are happening with her every month that will allow her to get outside of who she may be every day to show up as her better self. Mm -hmm. So if she's feeling more emotional on this particular day and doesn't allow herself to, to operate in the best version of herself, there are certain things that she can say or do that may activate me to respond in kind. But I can't do that. I am the leader of my house. Let me say this again. I am the leader of my house. Not because I tell anybody what to do. I want everybody to listen to me very carefully. I don't tell anybody in my house what to do. My wife is from the south side of Chicago. My wife is a proud black woman. That is not going to work. I don't tell anybody what to do. I show people what to do. I am the model that my house mirrors. So if my wife raises her voice, if she's acting in a way that is a little more emotional, that is past the better version of herself, my job is to now model for her what I want her to mirror. So in other words, and I talk about this in the book, if my wife is on 10, my job is to be on two. It's extremely difficult to argue with somebody if you can't hear them. So if she's arguing at 10, my job is to be here at two. I think Rodney can relate to that strongly. <laughs> Absolutely. You know, my wife can be like that at times too. And it's like you said, it's my job to model that behavior to bring her back to center. Yeah. Yes, sir. Because guess what? That's not actually who she is. That's what she's doing. Right. Yeah. Right? That's not actually who she is. My job is to first put out the fire. I talk about this in the book. Every man is a firefighter. Yeah. My job is to put out fires, not set them. Got it. So my job is not to be an arsonist. My job is to be a firefighter and put them out. So my job is to put out her fire first and then try to figure out what caused that fire? And then have a loving discussion about that later on so that she can be brought to a level of consciousness to maybe avoid going to that space again. That's my job. Now, you also talked earlier about how language can activate or deactivate you, acknowledging that words you speak affect people, how words, how the words that you use affect the people that you're speaking to. So I want you to talk to us about an experience that you had when you overheard Sally going over some homework with your son, Dre. Tell us about that and how that made you feel. Yeah, you know, it's interesting because words, language is so important. And I'm so glad God could not have given me or gifted me a greater gift than the gift of language. There are two forms of language, in my humble opinion, and I talk about this in the book. 
There's protein and there's kerosene. Protein language is the kind of language that we use to help build people up. Kerosene language is the kind of language that we use to, to burn people. Every coach that coaches anything in life, whether it's relationships or basketball, for the most part, every coach has the same level of knowledge about a particular subject. What separates good coaches from great coaches is their language. And when they use language, protein language, that helps to build the people up that they're communicating with, it makes for a better team. So there is no coincidence that there are certain people, and I consider myself to be the head coach of my team, which is my family, because I have the best language. If my wife was sitting here right now, she would tell you that I am that person in this house. She does have great language, but she will absolutely tell you that I am the one that gives that kind of protein language to both her and our children that allows them to come to the better version of themselves because I have a level of awareness that makes me say, okay, wait a minute, I struggle at times. So my job is to make sure that I elevate my own sense of language and usage of it to then gift it to my family so that they can allow themselves to come to the better versions of themselves. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts, if you dare. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. It took 11 years to get to the sale. The NYX anniversary sale is on now at knix.com. Celebrate the intimate apparel company that has reinvented products for real life with one of NYX's biggest sales of the year. Get 30% off all leak-proof apparel from the number one leak-proof brand in North America, including period underwear, swimwear, activewear, and more. Millions of people have made the switch to NYX leak-proof underwear, and there's never been a better time for you to try. Save 30% on super comfortable, machine-washable, and great-looking underwear that's perfect for periods and light bladder leaks. Choose from a variety of colors, styles, and sizes, from extra small to 4XL. You can even match your leak-proof underwear with an incredibly supportive and comfortable NYX wireless bra. Don't miss this chance to stock up on your NYX favorites or try something new. It only happens once a year at NYX.com. That's K-N-I-X.com for the NYX anniversary sale. Hurry, the sale ends on Monday, May 13th. Go to NYX.com. That's K-N-I-X.com. The best conversations I have with my colleagues are the ones that happen when no one is looking, when we're not 100% sure yet what to write. Hopefully, having conversations like this can help you figure out your own point of view. 
That's kind of our job as Washington Post opinions columnists. I'm Charles Lane, Deputy Opinion Editor. And I'm Amanda Ripley, a contributing columnist. We're going to bring you into these conversations on a new podcast called Impromptu. Follow Impromptu now, wherever you listen. You also came up with the five languages of pain, and that really resonated with me personally. So what does the... What was the acronym, Rodney? Yes, indeed. What's so interesting about that is when we talk about all of those particular things, the language, you know, of pain, it's so interesting because, you know, cursing, you know, being one of them for me. I remember growing up in in Brooklyn and cursing was like, not a first, not a second language. It was a first language. Yeah, absolutely. But before you go <laughs> into all of that, Dondre, can you explain what the acronym stands for? Yeah, what does Lucas mean? So when we talk about this, and there's some other things that I want to bring into the mix of this, right? Because it's so valuable, and I'm so glad that you guys brought it up because it's going to be valuable to everyone, right? So when we talk about when we talk about Lucas, when we talk about lusting and unforgiveness and cursing and all of those things, they talk, we really are dealing with all of the things that everyone's, that society gives us, that breaks us down as the great communicators of life, right? Lusting in our relationships. When we talk about lusting in our relationships, Lusting can be a great thing when it involves us, when it involves our partners. But when we extend that lusting outside of our relationships and it goes to someone else, it can greatly deteriorate everything that happens under our roof, right? So as a man, my job is to make sure that I grab a hold of what my lusting is and make sure that I'm only using that within our bedroom. Yeah. Right? That's extremely important. How about the unforgivingness, right? How often does someone do something to you where you say, I can't forgive them? Or just carrying resentment. Carrying resentment, right? So... Who does that really hurt? Because I did this with my own father, which is one of the reasons why I wrote this book. I did this with my own father from the age of 26 to the age of 46. My father and I were estranged from each other because I wouldn't forgive him. Because that was a part of my own pain that I couldn't come up under. I couldn't get up from under that. It didn't hurt my father as much as it hurt me. So I had to learn how to forgive him. Yeah, because right? forgiveness is for you. It's not really for the other person. The forgiveness That's exactly, is for you. It is healing for you. Exactly right. Right? So if you're talking about that kind of stuff, you're talking about healing yourself. Right. Then let's deal with cursing. Cursing. Woo-wee. I stopped... Boy, let me tell you something. Look. That is such a bad... What is that? It's just a bad... I don't want to call it a habit. It's a... 
It's a habit. I go straight to cussing somebody out. We go straight. We go straight to it, right? <laughs> and now watch horrible. this. Not to shame anyone's, not to shame anyone's parents, right? But all of our parents did it. Our, oh, no, our no. grandparents did it. Our grandparents. My, my right? parents did not. Never. I never heard my mother or my father use foul language. I don't know where I got. Okay, that. so I wait don't... a minute. Okay, so so Ever. wait a minute. Ever. Never. Where, where did this come from with you? Where I, did you get that? I think that I got it because, like you, I was light-skinned, long hair, and I think I used the foul language to make me tough, to make me appear yes. tough and rough. And, yes. You know, don't fuck with yes. me. All of that. Right, 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 right. Now watch this. Now watch this. Oh, my God, this is so good. You used cursing as a device yes yes what you did was you used that in order to send a signal to everyone first and foremost i'm not light-skinned i'm like you right tough just like you yeah i'm gonna prove it to you look at the way i can right mm -hmm. because there's shame sometimes in our communities there's actually shame for not speaking a certain way, for yeah. not speaking with particular vernacular, right? Then what you did was you actually bought into the fact or bought into this notion that made you more acceptable, yeah, blacker, yeah, right? And you made that your own and didn't even realize that you were attacking your own spirit by doing it. Wow. So true. No beautiful thing has ever been expressed using that language. Wow. That is so true. So true. Now watch this. I'll prove it to you. When a baby is born, and we hold that baby in our arms. No one ever holds the baby going, oh, look at you, you beautiful mother. I, you are the greatest I've ever seen in my life. Oh my God. Nobody does. You that. never did that in your life. No, absolutely. You know for a fact that language would violate that, ver that baby's very spirit. Yeah, yeah. Right? So what we did is in society, we learned to use cursing as a device. Right. What about the A? What does the A stand for? The anger, right, right, right. Anger is extremely important, particularly at, as men. Anger is extremely important for us because we generally will be physical first. So our sisters will generally be emotional first we generally will be physical first. Mm. It's extremely important for us to be in control of our anger because we can cause great damage. Right. But you also said that anger is a reflection of, typically of hurt. I'm really in pain. There's something, yes. you know, stirred up in me that I'm releasing through this anger and the screaming yes. and the cursing and all of that. It's, it's really hurt. Yes. And it's coming from a place of unresolved pain. Yeah. That's exactly right. So if we look at that, right, 
We look at lusting first as the passion of pain. We look at unforgiveness as the memory of pain. We look at cursing as the vocabulary of pain. Anger is the emotion of pain, right? So there's no way for me to be angry about anything unless I'm first in pain about it. So what I have to do is once I'm angry, I have to examine what is it that I'm in pain about? Because as a man, I can get everybody in trouble if I'm angry. My job is not for me to control my emotion. My job is to control my response. So once I figure out what my pain is, I can now control how I respond to that pain. Does that make sense? Yeah. How does sarcasm come in though? So sarcasm is actually the humor of pain, right? I love that one because whenever we sit there and we joke about something, somebody says something and they say, they make a, a sarcastic comment to you. That's really about that particular space of them feeling pain, but they're using the expression of that pain with humor and therein lies the sarcasm. So whenever you're sarcastic about something, realize that what you're doing is that you're trying to cloak your pain pretty veily so that people don't really understand that you're actually in pain, but they use that sarcasm as this humor and they go, oh, he's actually pretty funny. When really I'm actually using this particular device to hide my levels of pain. Got it. Every single thing that we look at from our lusting to our unforgiveness, to our cursing, to our anger, to our sarcasm, everything is about examining our pain. Got it. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. It took 11 years to get to the sale. The NYX anniversary sale is on now at knix.com. Celebrate the intimate apparel company that has reinvented products for real life with one of NYX's biggest sales of the year. Get 30% off all leak-proof apparel from the number one leak-proof brand in North America, including period underwear, swimwear, activewear, and more. Millions of people have made the switch to NYX leak-proof underwear, and there's never been a better time for you to try. Save 30% on super comfortable, machine-washable, and great-looking underwear that's perfect for periods and light bladder leaks. 
Choose from a variety of colors, styles, and sizes, from extra small to 4XL. You can even match your leak-proof underwear with an incredibly supportive and comfortable NYX wireless bra. Don't miss this chance to stock up on your NYX favorites or try something new. It only happens once a year at NYX.com. That's K-N-I-X.com for the NYX anniversary sale. Hurry, the sale ends on Monday, May 13th. Go to NYX.com. That's K-N-I-X.com. The best conversations I have with my colleagues are the ones that happen when no one is looking, when we're not 100% sure yet what to write. Hopefully, having conversations like this can help you figure out your own point of view. That's kind of our job as Washington Post opinions columnists. I'm Charles Lane, Deputy Opinion Editor. And I'm Amanda Ripley, a contributing columnist. We're going to bring you into these conversations on a new podcast called Impromptu. Follow Impromptu now, wherever you listen. So you and I were talking last night and we were talking about some of the challenges that you had. Right. So in the inner cities of Baltimore, I was a male longer than I would have liked to have been. <laughs> so very well put. <laughs> so, you know, I wanted to ask you, you know, what do you think are some of the challenges that black men face these days? Oh, my gosh. To becoming a man. You know, I'm thinking systemic racism, poor education, lack of fathers in the home, lack of good mentors in their life, culture Listen. of being hard, tough, thug culture, you know, that's way overrated. What do you think? There are so many, and I say this with all due respect to our sisters, because they obviously experience a great deal of challenges in our society even within our community. But now there is such an attack on black men right now. And I'm just going to say it because I'm not going to tiptoe around it anymore. Even our sisters, look, I stopped doing a television show because I didn't like the stories that were being told about. I had a meeting where I was told I was playing a character that was salt of the earth, servant to the highest degree for his people. And I was told before one of our seasons that they had to, this is a direct quote, they had to dirty him up. Wow. And I said, okay, can you tell me why? He's just too good. And I will never forget the flush feeling that came over me. And I stopped and I said, if this character were white, do you know what his name would be? And they all collectively shook their head and said, no. And I said, his name would be McDreamy. Yep. Nobody's having meetings about dirtying up McDreamy. You know why? Because somehow they think that white men are capable of being that good. Right. Yeah. Nobody's having meetings despite all of the evidence that we see almost daily about the fact that some of our white brothers aren't always so good, but still no one's having meetings about dirtying up white characters on television. Why are we having meetings about black men being dirtied up because it's just not possible for them to be that good? 
I will never forget during some of our episodes where he's involved with this woman, what with this sister, and the comments online from our sisters consistently were, I don't trust him. I don't trust him. He can't be that good. Something has got to be wrong with him. Now, let me tell you something. That's a powerful statement. It is. Because what it says is that a black man can't be that good. Then let me tell you something. Dondre Whitfield, I am that good. (laughs) And I ain't the only one. I am not an anomaly. Exactly. I am not a unicorn. There are a bunch of brothers that are out here in our communities, in our society that are that good, that look to serve our sisters, our children, that serve to uplift our community and aren't looking to harm anybody. And I was so disappointed to see your character leave. And that was such a huge role and such an opportunity for you. How did that make you feel, first of all, when you got the call And then when you made the decision, because you didn't have to make that decision, but you made the decision to exit. I think that was huge because that that, was huge as well. I hear about that with women a lot, with women actors, but I don't know how often and maybe because I just don't know any and I haven't been in conversation male actors who've had to make that choice of the type of roles and how they're willing to present themselves. Look, we have to start examining, and I'm talking about Black people. Yes. We have to start examining who the freak is telling these stories about our people, and in particular, Black men. Because what are the stories that are being told about Black women that They are absolutely necessary, which they are, absolutely necessary in our communities. Our communities would fall apart without black women. I agree with that. But is that to say that our communities don't fall apart and aren't falling apart when black men aren't playing the roles that they need to play in them? Absolutely. Black men are just as important as black women in our community. But you realize that historically we have been programmed to believe that we don't need black men. I mean, it's been set up that way from days of slavery. So, you know, it's just ingrained in us. And I kind of want to. Oh, my goodness. There's so this is why this book is so good, because there's so much that I want to talk about that I'm just running out of time, but I got to go we back. We need a part two. Wait, yeah, <laughs> we, we, we two. may need a part two, Dondre. We may part need a part two. Because <laughs> I got to go back to this. I got to go back to the statement that where you talked about before that women can't raise males because I know that there are going to be women yes. that, that challenge that. But I think it's yes. so important that with regard to fatherless homes, Please speak to us about this very complex dynamic when boys become the moth and the moth meaning man of the house at a very young age. When there's a fatherless home, there's a single, you know, woman and giving that role to her son. Yep. And he doesn't have the power or the tools 
to handle it. And what that does to the relationship with his mom and how he views relationships with women. Let me tell you, one of the most damaging things that a young male, a boy, ever hears in his life is, you are the man of the house. Right. You know how painful it is to be given an assignment and not have the skill sets, the tools to be able to complete the task. That is exactly what happens to any boy who is told that he is the man of the house. He becomes the emotional partner to his mother. So in other words, the substitute boyfriend. And now she is trying to both raise as an emotional crutch that she doesn't have in a life partner. That is devastating. Because what he begins to learn is that a woman speaks to him a certain way. He actually begins to dislike this new partner that he has. I'm gonna be honest with you and tell you that I fell out of love with black women for a time based on a relationship that I had with my mother. And it was because of the constant, at times, chastising that happens when a woman feels the pain of a past partner that she created this child with. And I look just like my father. So at times when you hear, you just like him. You ain't gonna be ish just like him. And I've forgiven my mother for the, my mother had me at a very young age. My mother was a late teen. So she was a child herself. So I had to forgive my mother for that. Because giving her that grace in understanding that my mother was still a child herself. Yeah. And trying to figure it out. Yeah. Right. And you probably experienced this with Jada as well. Yeah. Absolutely. In being a young mom and at times not fully equipped. And so you couldn't show up as your best self because you didn't have all of the tools that you needed to be your best self yet. Right. And so what happens to a male trying to come into manhood and in learning how to be in partnership with them, you learn how to argue because you see that's what's modeled for you, right? So love now looks like argument, dissension, anger, violence. That's what love begins to look like. For every boy, the first love of his life is his mother. Yeah. The question now becomes, what did the first love of your life do to your heart? You begin to dole out pain as you receive it because you associate that with love, right? So many of our sisters go through the same things. They look at a a partner who reminds them of their father. What if your father was a male? And you begin choosing males, not because that feels good, it feels familiar. Right, right. Right? So you choose a partner that feels familiar like your dad. If your dad loved you, if your dad abused you, you will often choose abuse because that feels familiar. Not that it feels good, it just feels familiar. And you associate that familiarity with love. 
So that boy, that moth, feels the same way. And so we begin this cycle of everyone choosing all of this pain, not because it feels good, it feels familiar. So we have to start really teaching our young ones at a very early age, this is what love feels like. It feels like open communication. It feels communication at two, not 10. It feels like the language of love and not cursing and not sarcasm and all of those other things that are painful to us because they become the model that we eventually will begin to mirror in our relationships. Yeah. And so I want to say, too, that this speaks to the importance of single women trying to find a positive role model for their boys because boys need to be fathered and not really just children need to be fathered. And I know that when in trying to raise Jada, I wasn't always successful, but I tried to be very cautious about Mm -hmm. the men that I allowed into her life. I didn't let every like I was young. I was 17 when I had right. Jada, but I didn't let every Tom, Dick, and Harry. So that was I my was, mom. Yeah, I didn't let every Tom, mm-hmm. Dick, and Harry that I decided I was interested in. I didn't expose Jada to all those people. You have to be cautious. And you, yes. and it's your responsibility as a parent to find that positive role model for your children. And if it's, you know, I was lucky I had my father. That I had men in my family that I could rely on. That's not the case for anybody, but that is your job. That is your job yes. because you don't have to do it alone. And I think that's really important. This is a whole nother conversation. Ah! Part two. <laughs> I think Rodney has one more one more question he wants to, Come to on, ask. Bro. So so I have daughters. So I was <laughs> Yes, sir. I You know, I didn't have the responsibility of raising men. But are there certain life lessons you're trying to pass down to your sons? If my son was sitting here right now and I asked him or you asked him, Dre, why did God put you here? My son would tell you plainly to be of service. Wow. My son knows that his assignment on this earth is to be a man that is a powerful servant. That is it. If we drum into our sons that messaging, it will take care of everything. We got to teach them to be great men. Perfect. Perfect. Andre, thank you so much. It was a joy and a pleasure to have it. Please, everybody, please go out and get this book. It is such, so worth the read. And it's not just for men to read. It was so, I saw myself yes. in this book. It's powerful. It's powerful. It's absolutely Please powerful. tell everybody where they can find you on social media, Dondre. Instagram is all Dondre, A-L-D-O-N-D-R-E, and Twitter and Facebook is at Dondre Whitfield. And you can buy Male versus Man anywhere you buy books. Yes, I was going to say, please go out and get, do yourself a favor and yeah. go out and get this book. It's perfect. You will not be disappointed. I promise you. I am looking forward to part two. All There's right. so much that we didn't get I to know, cover. I know, I know. We have so much more to talk about. <laughs> Thank you, Dondre. It was a pleasure meeting you, Of Dondre. course. Next up. Rodney's takeaways from our conversation on man versus male. 
So one of my takeaways from males versus men is the importance of indoctrinating young men into the philosophy of being of service and not being served at an early age. That philosophy is powerful and will certainly help in the transition from young man to man. Another takeaway from males versus men is that a man should always model the behavior that he wants his home to mirror. He should always be the firefighter, putting out fires and keeping a state of calm in the process, figuring out what started the fire in the first place to bring about resolve in his home and with friends and family. That wraps it up for us. Thank you for listening to this episode of Positively Gam. You can follow me on all social platforms at Gammy Norris. And you can follow me at Rodney Norris underscore on Instagram. Help us out by leaving a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and hitting the follow button on iHeartRadio. Stay grateful, y'all. Positively Gam is produced by Red Table Talk Podcast and iHeartRadio. Executive producers are Adrian Banfield Norris, Fallon Jethro, and Jada Pinkett-Smith. Our audio engineer is Calvin Bailiff. And our associate producer is Irene Bischoffberger. Our theme song is produced by D Beats. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with with Zumo Play.